It's exciting to have people in the sanctuary. If you're watching online, know that there's people here with us. It's really exciting. So uh, we're thrilled to have you back. If you have your phone with you, will you turn your Wi-Fi off? Because it interferes a little bit with our live broadcast. And we don't want the service to, you know, cut out on people watching at home. Everybody at home appreciates that you're doing that. So this is exciting news. United Methodist Women is back tomorrow at noon. They're going to be in the gathering room. Um, they have uh, some cool locks bunches. They're going to have a great time with social distancing. So you are free to join that. Um, you can call your circle leader or um, Shelby Smith to sign up for it. So Sunday school, there is a virtual Sunday school. I know the people that are here in person, you'll just have to rush to watch it in your car or find somewhere to park and watch Sunday school. But all of you at home, there's a Sunday school class at 10 o'clock. Um, you can do Sunday school with Ken Casey and George Vardner leading. Or there's another one with uh, Mark Condra and Eric Wright leading that class at 10 a.m. These are great Sunday school classes that everybody loves. Pastor Sam has an online Bible study on Wednesday nights. It's awesome. Everybody loves it. Uh, the Grinch appeared to his class last week. I don't know why. Um, Tuesday nights, we have Mosaic out here in the green space. We have a lot of fun with that. And I wanted to let you know the flowers on the altar today. Um, these are from Harriet Murray and Barbara Condra in honor of their parents. So... We want to recognize that. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful to be back worshiping in person. Uh, we pray that today that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you worship with us? Amen. I want to just reiterate what Andy just said. For those of you who are back in live with us, it is so great to actually see some friendly faces, and we're not just staring at a camera lens. So welcome back. We are glad you're here. For those of you joining with us online, we are glad that you are here as well. We still love you and miss you, and we hope to see you guys again soon. Amazing. 
We miss you and we look forward to the day that you get to come back. We want you to be safe though. And speaking of being safe, um, I have a gift that I need to present. Andy, Pastor Andy, will you come up here? Um, I, I appreciate Pastor Andy so much for everything that he does. Last Sunday was kind of a rough Sunday for him. Uh, and so I have a gift for you to help keep you safe when you walk your dog. It's a squirrel helmet. That's just for you, just to keep you safe. All right. You know, I, I, would, I would think, uh, you know, with everything bad going on, uh, I won't really stop, start worrying until squirrels start falling out of the air and hitting us in the head, but that's already happened. So uh, anyway, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for your support. Uh, continue your support, please. And we have, if you're here with us, Worshiping with us, we have offering plates at, um, over by the exits, and there's a box by the church office you can drop an offering in. We're not passing plates, obviously, but you still give online. You can still give with your church app. Continue to support your church with your prayers. 
and thank you today for supporting it with your presence. Um, let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given us. We thank you for this wonderful church. And we thank you for your church around the world to which we are connected because of what you did for us. We offer you our heartfelt worship today. We offer you our tithes and our offerings. We offer you our hands and our feet in service. But most of all, Lord, we give you our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen.
The scripture today um, is Psalm 37.4, and I'm going to read that to you from the King James Version today. So if you're following along at home, if you have the phone app on your, your phone you want to look at, or if you just want to listen to this one verse, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Oh, I forgot to say the children's church. Um, that's, uh, this, is, this is all new today. Hi, everybody's going with Pastor Andy to children's church. That's great. So we're not used to having people, so we, uh, we, we may be a little bit odd today. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A couple of weeks ago, I went over to see my mom in Tuscumbia, and we had a really nice visit, and it was time for me to, to leave, come back to Gadsden, and I had everything all worked out in my mind. I had a nice plan. I thought, I'm leaving early enough that I'm going to have time to get back home, and I'm going to have time to kick up in my recliner, and I get to watch the news. And it doesn't sound real exciting, but that was my plan. And you ever notice how sometimes when you plan things, it doesn't quite work out that way? Anybody, that ever happened to y'all? Uh, uh, like the whole year of 2020 so far? Yeah. So um, I should have known I, that things were not going to work out like I had planned because I had some clues. Uh, clue number one was dark clouds started rolling in and it started thundering and lightning. It started raining so hard that my windshield wipers could barely keep up with it. You ever drove, tried to drive in the rain like that? The rain would sometimes go sideways and things like that. So I was driving really slowly. And so my second clue was when just after I passed Moulton, Alabama on Highway 157, um, the little alarm, weather alarm on my phone went off. And it said, uh, there's a tornado warning in your area. You need to take shelter immediately. And I'm like, great take shelter immediately. There's, I'm in, in literally in the middle of nowhere. Am I going to have to get in the ditch in the pouring down rain? I didn't have to do that uh, because of the third clue that everything was not going to go right. And that was when my car quit. I mean, Q-U-I-T, quit. Uh, here's, here's how it happened. The um, radio just went off. The windshield wipers just kind of started slowing down and slowing down. And then uh, I thought, okay, is this like um, close encounters of the third kind or something like that? And then every gauge on my dash went, and my car just quit. And I had to coast over to the side of the road. And, and thankfully, I got off far enough off the road that I was out of the way of, of the traffic. The car wouldn't do anything. Now, look, I'm not a mechanic, but I knew that I was in trouble. I tried to call Tammy to let her know what was going on. Couldn't get through to her, of course. Um, I called the roadside assistance number for my insurance company, and I heard this. Um, para Espanol, uh, Peribo Ocho, or something like that. And I had to go through that whole thing with the computer before... It took me an hour and a half to get a wrecker to come to, uh, to pick me up and to tow me back to Moulton to the car repair shop. By this time, I'd gotten Tammy. She was on the way. 
we got to the car repair shop in Moulton. It was closed because it's Friday night. And so I'm standing in the middle of downtown Moulton on Friday night uh, waiting for my ride. And um, so, oh, you know what was wrong with my car? It was the alternator. Like I said, I'm not a mechanic, but y'all probably already knew that. It was an alternator. And, um, you know, eventually the, the mechanic pulled the old alternator off and, and he put the new one on and I was good to go. But now I want you to use your imagination with me for just a minute. All right. What if I had gone back to pick up my car and I went into the car repair shop and the mechanic came out with an alternator in his hand, just the alternator. And he handed it to me and he said, uh, here you go, Mr. Hayes, here's your car. That'll be $300. That's really kind of close to the truth of what he said, but uh, here's, here's your car. That'll be $300. I would say, no, sir, that's not my car. That's just an alternator. It may be a very good alternator. It's a vital part of my car, but it's not my whole car. I know this sounds like silly talk and everything, but this is what we do sometimes when we pull verses out of the Bible and we make them part of popular culture. I'm talking about verses that are so popular and so much a part of our everyday life, especially in the Bible Belt, that uh, they just, we just know them and we pull them completely out. And when we just pull them out and we put them on a refrigerator magnet and that's, that's all we look at, it's sort of like taking an alternator and thinking that I have the whole car. There's so much more to it. There's so much deeper and richer truth there. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work well that way. Last week, Pastor Andy started our new series in September called Pop Verses. And the idea behind that is that's exactly what we do. Uh, we have verses that become part of our popular culture just like anything else, like popular music or popular anything, and we, we just display them everywhere. Like the one Pastor Andy did last week, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. I mean, I mean, we put that on eye blacks underneath our, our, uh, when we're playing football and stuff like that. And... Which is great. I love Philippians 4.13. But it has absolutely nothing to do with scoring touchdowns. There's so much more behind that. What about the guy that wrote it? What about the people that received it? How does it fit in with the whole letter? So that's what we're talking about. This week's pop verse is Psalm 37.4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. When I was... Um, in high school, I had a group of friends that I, I ran around with a lot. And one of my friends um, went to a, a non-denominational charismatic type church. And I still have a lot of friends that go to those type of churches. But this was back in the day when there was a lot of the prosperity gospel preaching. You know, if you, if you just do this, then God's going to do this and and, you know, you should be driving um, a brand new Rolls Royce or whatever. That kind, of, that kind of mentality. And that was the kind of church that this girl went to. And we went, all, we went out to eat somewhere with a bunch of people. And she took out her checkbook to pay for her lunch. 
And I don't know, that sounds strange to some of you, but way back in the day, you wrote a check for everything. I'm talking about, I would write a check for $1.75. I didn't, you know, you just, you just carried your checkbook everywhere. And she took her checkbook out, and I noticed that it was a real fancy checkbook cover. It was navy blue. I can still picture it. It was navy blue velvet, and it had gold letters on the front of it. And on the front of it, of her checkbook, in gold letters, it said, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of thine heart. And I said to her, What's up with your fancy checkbook? She said, it's Psalm 37.4, duh. And I said, okay. And she saw that I didn't really understand the meaning behind that. And she said, well, uh, it means that the more that I put into Brother So-and-So's ministry, the more of the desires of my heart that God is going to give me. And right now, I'm believing God for a new car. And I said, Okay. I mean, I know that I'm just a little old Methodist, but I just don't think it works like that. I mean, do you? Do you think that's how Psalm 37 works? Is it kind of like Aladdin's lamp that the more we rub it, then all of a sudden, then God just gives us everything up to three wishes, right? Up to three wishes, we get just anything that we want. I know that kind of sounds crazy, but that's the danger that we get into when we lift out of context when we popularize something to the extent that it gets put on a checkbook cover, when it, when it becomes like that, it gets, I mean, it gets really easy to read into Scripture what we want it to say instead of seeing what it really does say and seeing the context around it. So we really kind of want God to give us those desires. Because we got desires. Oh, we do. We, you know, we want stuff. Sometimes we want people. And we want God to give us what we want. So many times we just go ahead and just put our desires first. And then we ask God to be okay with that. Right? It's awfully quiet in here, and I know y'all got a mask on, so I don't know. Somebody watching online, type amen or something. But that's what we do. We put our desires first, and then we kind of want God to be okay with that. When that's not really what Psalm 37, 4 says. So today we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at what Psalm 37, 4 really does say. And then we're going to look at the context of Psalm 37, 4. Because, by the way, this is how you should read all Scripture. See what it actually says. And then see the context in which it was given. So here's what Psalm 37.4 actually says. In Psalm 37.4, delight comes before desire, not the other way around. Delight comes before desire, not the other way around. Because uh, the way we usually do it is, all right, God, you give me what I desire, and then I'll be delighted. That's, that's usually the way we do it. Um, that's not the way it works. The delight in the Lord comes first. I've been trying to lose some, some weight, and uh, in order to do that, I've been cutting down on the amount of sweets that I eat. Because I'll just be honest with you, during the quarantine time, 
it's, it's like something took over my body, and I had to open up the pantry and eat literally everything that I could see, especially my sweet tooth, who just went into overdrive, and I thought, I, I've got an excuse. I'm under quarantine. I could, I could just, I've got to eat to survive. What if, what if someone comes into the house and finds me just laying there, just too weak to move because I didn't eat enough? So I just went crazy eating. So, uh, but I've got a sweet, I still have a sweet tooth. It's a desire, I know, and it's, it's okay sometimes, but when I'm trying to bring my weight down, when I'm trying to bring actually my blood sugar down too, I really don't need to put that desire first, do I? And I certainly don't need to kind of bring God into the picture and make it seem like God's okay with that. Like, well, let me just give you an example. Let's just say that I really want Krispy Kreme donuts, and I literally do right now. But let's say I make a deal with the Lord, and I say, okay, Lord, if you want me to have Krispy Kreme donuts, then let the hot now sign be on as I drive by. And then the seventh time I drive by, the hot now sign is on, and I say, it's a sign from God. God wants me to have the desires of my heart or my stomach, whatever. So, um, what does Psalm 37 4 really say? Well, as I said earlier, desire doesn't come first, delight comes first. Delight yourself in the Lord first. And what does that mean? Well, I think it means this I, I think it means that when we put God's will first we put God first to put God's will first when we say to God instead of God give me give me give me what all I desire when we say God um, whatever you want for my life is what I want or it's at least what I want to want I'm putting your will first whenever we do that then we get God's best get your delight right and your desires will take care of themselves. See, when your main desire is to, to please God, then pleasing God will be your delight. And it will be your desire too. Jesus put it this way. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these other things will be added to you. I'll give you an example of how this kind of works. With a, a man named Solomon in the Old Testament. You remember Solomon, King Solomon in the Old Testament? Um, you can read a story in 1 Kings chapter 3 about how um, God was delighted with Solomon. And so much so that God came to Solomon and said, Hey, Solomon, ask me for anything that you want and I'll give it to you. Now, I might have been like, Okay, God, let's go alphabetically here. I've got a long list, so are you ready? But... Solomon didn't do that. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9, Solomon said, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge so great a people? I have a feeling that God delighted in Solomon being king so much because Solomon was humble enough to say, You know, God the job of being king is a really tough job, and I'm not sure I'm up for it. 
And I want to do a, a job that honors you. So what I really need is wisdom. And God loved his answer so much that God said to him, do you remember what God said? God said, Solomon, since you ask for wisdom and you didn't ask for riches and honor, I'm going to give you wisdom, but I'm also going to give you riches and honor. Here's a lesson of Psalm 37.4 I really, really want you to remember. When we delight ourselves in God... When we spend enough time with God to know what God wants for us, and when we put what God wants before anything else, we will always get God's best for us. Because here's what's really important. God doesn't want what's good for us. God wants what's best for us. So let's see Psalm 37.4 in context because it's not just a single verse. It's a whole psalm. Psalm 37 is a really cool psalm. It is a wisdom song. It is a collection of wise sayings that an elder teacher would give to a younger student. And it was addressing a problem that's as old as time. And the problem is this. Why do good things happen to bad people and why do bad things happen to good people? You've wondered that. I've wondered that. The psalmist was wondering that. Don't fret yourself because evil people seem to be prospering right now. That's what Psalm 37 is all about. The success of the wicked is just temporary. Ultimately, the bad guy is going to get their comeuppance. And the meek are going to inherit the earth. Ultimately, that's what's going to happen, the psalm says. Take the long view. And in the long view, God wins. In the long view. So don't fret yourself. That's the basic message of Psalm 37 in a nutshell. Don't fret. I know the bad guy seems to be winning right now. Now, how do I know that's the basic message? Well, because I read the whole thing. And if you look, you can actually... I want you to, to go back this afternoon or sometime and look at all of Psalm 37. And I went through there and I found not just delight yourself in the Lord, but I found like 10 different commandments that Psalm 37.4 gives. And, and they're kind of in the form of proverb. It's kind of like, do this and then this. Do this and then this. And there's 10 of them. Three of the 10, well, there's there's... Uh, I'll just go down through there. One is, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Trust in the Lord and do good. Delight yourself in the Lord. Uh, commit your way into the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Fret not because of the one who prospers in his ways. Cease from anger. Fret not because of any, in any wise to do evil. Depart from evil and do good. Wait upon the Lord. Keep his way. So all of these things, three out of the ten of those ten commandments starts with, Fret not. Fret not. Fret literally means to burn. It's like, have you ever heard anybody say somebody is hot under the collar? That's what it's talking about. It's talking about being so upset that you're just hot under the collar. It's, it's talking about looking at 
this guy, this person, this, this situation that we don't like, and it seems to be going great, and my situation is not going great. I'm trying to do everything right, and it just seems like I'm getting the short end of the stick, and what is happening to them? And we just like, get hot under the collar. So do you think that that message, Psalm 37, that, that the real heart of that message, you think it's relevant today in 2020? Do you see people who are angry these days? Like really, really angry? Do you see people that are fretting these days? Just really fretting, failing to trust in the long run that God is going to take care of us? Just fretting about the short run and not getting the long run picture? So back to Psalm 37.4. This is a really, really important principle. It's not something that just should be a, a little cotton candy pop verse. Because if we do place our delight in the Lord first, then God's best is what we're going to get. It may not look like what we thought it was going to look like, but it will be God's best. One of the best movies I think ever made was made back in 1981. I mean, it was nominated for seven Academy Awards. It won four of them. It's the movie Chariots of Fire. Did any of y'all ever see Chariots of Fire? Love the movie, love the music. It's an amazing film based on the true story of a young man named Eric Lydell. He was a Scottish athlete, uh, and he was set to run in the Olympics in 1924. Uh, the Olympics was in Paris. He was a runner, a sprinter, not like a long-distance runner. He was a sprinter. His category uh, that he was running in was the 100-meter sprint. And he was the favorite. He was so fast that everybody just knew that Eric Lydell was going to win the gold. So it really wasn't a matter of, okay, do I have a chance for the gold? It's maybe I could get the silver, maybe I could get the bronze, but Eric is for sure going to get the gold. But another thing that you might remember about Eric is that he was uh, a man of very strong faith. He was a Christian. He had a very strong faith and very strong principles. And it turns out that the event he was supposed to run, the 100 meter, was scheduled on Sunday. And Eric said, I'm not going to do it. And the Olympic official said, you're what? And he said, I'm not going to do it because... Uh, it compromises my principles. This is um, Sabbath day for me. I'm not going to. I'm not going to run this race on a Sunday. And so everyone was freaking out a little bit. Um, what could we do? And in an unprecedented, I don't know if this has ever been done before or after. He negotiated with the Olympic Committee, and they said, "Okay." You can run a, an event a few days from now, but it's not going to be the 100 meter because that's going to take place. It's going to be the 400 meter, which he had not trained for at all. Um, so he agreed to do that. And they said, but, but you were shooing for the gold. And he said, I don't care because I've always run for the glory of God. I'm not, I'm not running for my glory. I'm running for the glory of God. And, of course, the day of the race came, the 400 meter. There's a lot of press coverage around this. 
And there's a lot of hubbub around it. And Eric Liddell said what he had always said, I run for the glory of God. Whatever, whatever happens, I run for the glory of God. The, the runners got on the starting line. He was given the outside lane, which is the worst lane, according to runners. I don't know. I'm not a runner. But according to what I've heard, the outside lane is supposed to be the worst lane. The gun went off. The runners left the line. And nobody even came close. It, he ran like he had wings on his shoes. He not only won the race, he not only won the gold medal, he broke the world record in an event that he hadn't even trained for. Psalm 37.4 is a popular verse. We shouldn't just pop it out of context. But I also want you to know it is a powerful verse powerful principle listen to it again listen to it again and maybe hear it like you're hearing it for the first time delight thyself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart let's pray Lord it's our um, delight that needs an adjustment today because we find ourselves delighting in all kinds of things, uh, in hobbies and, and grandchildren and um, food and objects and football. We find ourselves delighting in all kinds of things, but you need to be our first delight we also find ourselves fretting Lord because things are not going like we thought they ought to but God help us to remember to take the long picture to know that you're going to take care of us and that you win in the end that love wins settle our hearts today in Jesus name Amen
special Sunday for about a thousand different reasons. But one of the reasons this is a special Sunday is we get to welcome uh, Brad Barnes into our church family. He's been here for a long time, and he's a part of our family, but we're officially welcoming him, welcoming him today. And so, Brad, I just ask you, will you be loyal to this church and support it with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service? He says yes, y'all, for those watching at home. And uh, we would normally give you a big hug and a handshake and all of that. We'll have to do that virtually. And next time you see Brad, tell him welcome to the crazy family of Gadsden First United Methodist Church. We love the whole family, and we love you. We're glad that you're here with us. Now, will you stand together and receive this benediction? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Great job, guys.